uh, I've been thinking about them today, just how much I take them for granted. And uh, that's one of my favorite songs that they just did. It makes me want to like run through a wall, uh, but I'm not going to try that. But it's so true. This King of Kings is so worthy of our praise. And I hope that you've been able to, whether you're at home, Facebook or YouTube, by the way, welcome. Welcome to the front row. We're really close with personal right now. And for those who are here in person, Thank you for being a part of worship with us today. And, and I hope that you can push aside all distractions and just in this moment recognize the King of Kings, man. Like, this is what we're celebrating. This is what Christmas is really, really all about. Which brings me to the way I want to begin our service today. Uh, I hope that you still uh, watch a Charlie Brown Christmas. It's classic. Hope you've been able to see that this year. I love it. And as I read these words, I'm going to read from Luke chapter 2. It's probably the most famous Christmas Bible passage in Luke 2. Read it in the King James Version because that's the way Linus reads it uh, there in a Charlie Brown Christmas. So this will sound a little familiar to you if you've experienced that. Luke 2, 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go, even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And so they went to go see this thing. This thing is the Savior. And these are words that I throw around just way too easily. Yeah, the Savior. Well, what does that even mean? The Savior is one who saves. He's one who rescues. And in order to really appreciate the fact that Christmas is about a newborn Savior, one who has come to save, we must understand that we need saving, <laughs> that we need rescuing. And there are times in our lives where we come to grips with that better than other times in our lives. But my fear is that people could go through their lives never understanding their need for a Savior. And I'm hoping that as we go through this time together today that you will grasp that a little bit. How amazing it is that we have a Savior. We have a rescuer. Now, another word that gets thrown around a lot, you know, is the word Christ. In fact, I used to think that was Jesus' last name. That's not at all what his last name is. There was not really a last name for Jesus. Jesus Christ, probably a better way to say Jesus Christ that helps us understand what Christ means is to say Jesus the Christ. It, it, Christ is synonymous with Messiah. And here in this passage we just read, something that's really good to understand is how long people have been waiting to hear something from God. Because see, in the Old Testament days, the most common way that people heard from God was through prophets, holy people of God that would stand before the people of Israel and say, God told me to tell you this. 
You can see right up to the end of the Old Testament, there's these prophets over and over again speaking on behalf of God to the people. And then there was silence. And it's not just for a year. It's not just for a decade. It's not just for a century. 400 years of silence. And it's interesting because I could almost expect the angels to say, okay, so you remember hearing about the Messiah? You know, that was the thing that your parents heard from their parents, who heard that from their parents, who heard that from their parents, who heard that from their parents way back. And then there was Isaiah this many, many, many years ago that had said these things. It's almost like they, they would have to do that to help bring them back to what they were talking about. That's how long there was silence. And then in one grand speech, heaven opened up and the angels showed up and said what they said to the shepherds and they went running and they got to see this long-awaited Christ, this long-awaited Messiah, this long-awaited Savior. You know, we have the gift of hindsight, though, because many of the people there in Israel that talked about the Christ that would one day come, talked about the Messiah that would one day come, they expected this person to show up and just simply reestablish Israel as the great nation that it once was. But Jesus was not a nationalist Messiah. He came to redeem every single human being that would ever live on this planet. That's a different kind of kingdom. He didn't, came to, he didn't come to just save a specific nation. He came to save all peoples for everyone who would believe. Uh, this is why we celebrate Christmas, because of these two words that are gift-wrapped for you and me. Sins forgiven. That's why we celebrate Christmas. It's why we sing the songs that we sing. We have it right there before us. Jesus made it possible that we can stand forgiven by him. He's not just the Savior. He's not just a Savior. He is your Savior. It's the most amazing news ever. It's why the angel appeared to Joseph in a dream and gave him very specific instructions. Matthew 1.21, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, Yeshua, which means Savior. Because he will save his people from their sins. And his people, as we know by reading all that Jesus ever said and taught, his people are every single human being that would just simply say, save me. That's it. I love this passage in the book of 1 Peter. Uh, the apostle Peter, who was known to be kind of the preacher to the Jewish Christians in the first century trying to help them to understand as those who've been raised in Jewish thought that this Jesus really, really is the one that was prophesied about. So in order to help them to understand that he quotes Isaiah the prophet in this passage, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed for you were like sheep going astray but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer 
of your souls. This is a big moment because the readers of this passage, it's like that moment if you're a Star Wars fan. I don't know if you ever remember. I did not, I don't like reading spoilers. I don't want to spoil too many things for you, but this is an older movie. But it's like watching one of the newer movies and you had no idea that it was going to bring in a character from an older Star Wars movie and your mind is blown. Like, that's what this moment was for them. They're reading this letter from Peter, and he's like, wait, wait, Isaiah said that. Isaiah said that by his wounds we were healed. And he's saying that's Jesus. And their minds were blown. It says that your source of salvation is simply coming to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. That's who Jesus is. The Bible teaches that all things were created in him, by him, and through him. Your very existence is because of Jesus whether you believe in him or not, whether you acknowledge him or not, whether you've asked him to forgive you or not, whether you follow him or not, he is still the overseer of your soul. What makes your life totally different is when you go to him and put your faith in him and let him have rule in your life. It changes everything. I love this promise. This is how you open your gift of sins forgiven. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Friends, Jesus is the best gift ever. I know it's trite and Christmassy, but it is true. He is the best gift ever because through him, you can have your sins completely forgiven. And in case that's becoming something that just, oh, yeah, I'm used to hearing that. Let me, uh, I've thought about this way of thinking about it this week and how mind-blowing this would be. Imagine that after you're done worshiping with us here today, you know, it's later in the afternoon. At this point, you're chilling. You got your fuzzy Christmas socks on. You're relaxing. The doorbell rings or a knock is on the door. You're pretty sure it's another Amazon delivery. But you go to the door anyway, and there's a person there. You don't know this person, but they hand you an envelope. And they said, inside this envelope is a check made payable to you, written in the exact amount of your mortgage, the exact amount that you currently owe. You are now free. You owe nothing more on your house. No more house payments. Merry Christmas. Now, it takes a lot for someone to say something to me that would make me want to dance. But I'm pretty sure I'd be like, what? What did you just tell me? <laughs> Actually, I know exactly how I'd really respond to that. Sir, leave my lawn. <laughs> that can't be true. That can't be possible. No one would do that. And there must be a catch. There must be a condition. What do, now tell me, what do I have to do in order to get this? So I'm not going to believe it. And it just makes me kind of, as I even think about this silly little illustration about being forgiven, having a debt canceled, as I think about it, it starts to make sense to me, and I've asked this a lot, it starts to make sense to me why so many people still won't come to God and ask for the, the gift of salvation. They just can't believe it's true. Or there must be some condition. There must be something I have to give back in order to get that. Well, that's religion, friends. 
And religion don't work. That's why Jesus came in the first place. Because it doesn't work. You can't climb that spiritual ladder to achieve the grace and mercy of God. You and I will never deserve it. We'll never earn it. We can never pay it off. It's just free. And once you accept that and believe that, it will transform you. It'll cause you to want to sing songs of praise to the King of Kings. It will change so much about you. And it brings me to a thing that I want to talk to you about because we've been talking about this best gift ever being Jesus, but also some words that you can say to someone. So I want to give you a gift idea. One of the best gifts you can ever give someone is your sincere, I forgive you. Now that's a hard gift to give. That is a difficult gift to give. I'm going to acknowledge that right now. It is not easy because you know what? That means that I can no longer hold against you the pain that you caused me. And that's hard for me to give up. When you hurt me, deep down, whether I want to admit it or not, I want you to experience the similar kind of pain that you hurt, that you gave me. I was watching this week. I was watching a TV show. And watching, I was really getting into it. I was like, yeah, yeah, this is great. And I realized what I was doing as I was cheering on the utter violent revenge of a person. (laughs) It it makes for a great TV plot. Like, yeah, you pay them back, you know. It's kind of like all the Lifetime movies. It's the same plot. Just like the Hallmark movies are all the same plot. Those two are going to get married by the end of the movie, right? A Lifetime movie. Oh, she's going to end up getting revenge on him for hurting her. I mean, it's all the same plot. But we cheer on that revenge because there's something within us that wants that justice, that wants that vengeance, that wants that person to pay for what they did. But this is what's amazing, friends. Before God, if we apply that same concept, we are hopeless. There's no way we can pay for what we have done before God. There's no way we should experience His grace and mercy, but He offers it to us freely. And that's why Jesus said some pretty hard things. I want to read to you a couple of things that Jesus said that are going to knock your Christmas socks off. (laughs) Maybe you've heard Him say this before. I think that this might be a verse you've blown past and didn't catch. I don't know. Matthew 6.14, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. This might be the only place in Scripture you will find in the same sentence the idea of God withholding forgiveness towards us. And then Jesus said this in Mark eleven twenty five. 25, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. It's like if you're in the middle of worshiping me and you've withheld forgiveness, if you're in the middle of talking to me, if you're in the middle of talking to me and you're withholding forgiveness, stop what you're saying and you go forgive. You go deal with that. That's a big deal. That's a, that's a barrier between you and me. You and I have a barrier between us when you withhold forgiveness from someone. This is what God is saying to us. When you do not forgive others, you deprive yourself 
of God's forgiveness. You're throwing up a wall between you and the Lord. As crazy as that sounds. Because it's interesting because what you want to say, but God, don't you see what they did? Don't you see what they did? And, and it's easy for us to say that and forget that God can in turn say, but don't you see what you did? That I should not forgive you? That's huge, friends. And listen, let me give you a disclaimer here. As I'm saying this, I'm aware of so many friends in my life that have been hurt very, very deeply. I think of my friends who have talked to me about being abused. I think about friends who have talked to me about spousal infidelity that they've experienced. These are the kinds of events that happen in your life that will rock you to the core of your being, and I get that. And I know there have been times I've talked about forgiveness And I could see them look back at me like, don't you even think of telling me to forgive. I kind of get that. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying you got to start. And you got to lean upon the Lord and say, Lord, because you have forgiven me so much, I know that you want me to forgive, but this is hard. Would you please help me? That's a great start right there. That's a great place to start right there to forgive someone, to, with God's help, to get on that journey. Because here's the thing, for lack of forgiveness, withholding the gift of an I forgive you, you're not punishing them. You are punishing yourself. It's a bitter pill that you choose to eat yourself. You think you're feeding it to them, but you're feeding it to you. You're only hurting you. So why not begin a journey towards forgiveness? And yes, depending on what you've gone through with whoever that is, that's a journey. And I'll even stop and say, you may not need to actually go to that person and have a meeting and give them the I forgive you. Because of whatever it is they have done, that may not be the right thing to do. That may be a harmful thing to do to go find that person that hurt you and begin that conversation. But you don't need them to be present before you for you to actually forgive them. With God's help, you can journey through forgiveness. If he can forgive you and me of all our sins, he can give us the strength and the power to forgive anyone. And I've heard story after story of people who have worked through forgiveness of some pretty diabolical things that have been done to them. And I can see how God has granted them so much peace and joy through that process. It's a reminder to me Oh, how dare me slap the grace of God in the face when I withhold forgiveness from someone else. And so, friends, I want to offer you a couple of next steps to consider today. One of them is one we gave you last week. I'm going to offer it again to you. Open up the gift of Jesus' forever forgiveness. And if you're watching and listening right now, you're in this room right now, and you have never had a moment in your life where you came before Jesus the Christ and said, would you save me? Would you forgive me? Would you cancel my debt forever? Like he offers that. And if you believe that he offers that, if you believe that he was born to do this for you and that he died to accomplish this for you, if you believe that and you come asking, the Bible is very clear, he will forgive you of all your sin. The Bible says he will cast it as far as the east is from the west. And if that's not enough, he does something that you and I cannot do. He remembers it 
no more. You and I can never deserve that. But he offers it freely. All you have to do is receive it and open that gift by faith today. Call upon his name and ask him to save you right here, right now. And once you've experienced that gift, how can we not give forgiveness to others when we're so forgiven by him? And if you've experienced that forgiveness of God, you are ready to take this second step as well. Ask God to reveal to you someone you have not forgiven. He may have already done this today. As I've been talking about it out loud, you may be seeing the face of this person. You may be thinking of the name of this person. You may be thinking of what happened. You may be thinking of all those things, and you already know. Or you may not be. And and if you aren't, this is a great prayer to pray. What if, what if you've been holding something in that's been holding you back? And, and, And if you would ask God to show it to you, it would reveal something. And then once you see that you need to give the gift of an I'm forgive you to someone else, then go for it in faith. With God's help, you could probably say the words, I forgive you today or the next day or this week. And for some of the harder, bigger journeys, it might take a little while. Maybe the thing you say to someone is, okay, God has revealed to me that I need to give you forgiveness because of this. And I just want to say to you that I want to do that. But I'm not there yet. But with his help, I'm working on it. Or maybe you can't even say that to that person, but you can say that to someone who could be praying for you as you go on that journey. You see where I'm getting at? It, it is not an option if you're a Christ follower. It is not an option for you to withhold forgiveness. We must give this gift away. And you know what I've learned in my life? My wife, Sherry, my daughter, Molly, my son Cameron, we would not have what we have right now together if it weren't for them saying to me multiple times, I forgive you. I need that. Without it, we would not be where we are. We would not have the relationship that we have. These words must be spoken in order to have that thing that we so desperately want to have with other people. But then even if that reconciliation, that relationship is not possible, if there's someone that's hurt you and harmed you, you've been holding on to that, that's been holding you back. And it's time to let it go. Don't deprive yourself of the peace and the grace and the mercy and the joy of worshiping Jesus and following him by holding on to that grudge anymore. So let's deal with that together now as we go to the Lord in prayer. Will you bow with me? And in this moment, with your head bowed, wherever you are, whether you're watching and listening online or you're here in this room, if you know right now that you have never asked Jesus to save you, ask him right now. Say, Jesus, I believe that you were born to die for my sins. Would you please forgive me of my sins and save me? I want to be your child forever. I want you to know that if you prayed that prayer right now, right now, not tomorrow, but right now, you stand before God forgiven. 
He has cast your sins as far as the east is from the west, and he remembers them no more. What an amazing gift you have just opened. And now, what about the other people in your life? They've said something. They've done something. You are hurt. Have you really forgiven them yet? Ask God right now to help you with that. And if you don't know of anyone, ask him, Lord, if there is something, someone that I'm withholding forgiveness from, would you reveal that to me today, God? Would you show me that so that I'll no longer have a barrier between you and me? Lord, show me who it is I need to give, give the gift of I forgive you to. And then help me to begin the journey today. Help me to not put it off. Help me to begin that journey right now, oh Lord. Father, thank you for teaching us this truth today. Help us not to just hear it. Help us not just to believe it. Help us to do it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, thank you for joining us in worship today. And I want you to know this. Everything that God has ever done, he has done it for you. I hope you know how loved you are by him. And if you took a step of faith today, you're not alone. We want to encourage you. We want to pray for you. We want to equip you. To begin that, all you have to do is text the word GIFT to our church number, which is 859-356-3162. Let us know if you ask Jesus to save you today. We want to celebrate that with you. Let us know if you need prayer for something. Let us know if you're working through some forgiveness and just want someone to pray for you about that. Will you do that? Awesome. Thanks for being with us today. God bless you all. Have a great rest of your Sunday.